What does maple syrup, a poodle, and a Canadian comedian have in common? This week's episode of The Booterverse. Welcome to the Booterverse. I'm Emery Booterbaugh. We have a very special guest with us today. Comedian Greg Morton is here, and we're going to talk about everything from Scrappy-Doo to a Zamboni riding Celine Dion. Judy Scheinbaum answers all of your questions, and of course we leave you with some Booter thoughts, all on today's episode of the Booterverse. Today's episode of the Booterverse is brought to you by Windmills. Windmills, making wind power sexy since 1605. And now for news in my orbit. Farewell, Fufu. The pet poodle of Thailand's crown prince has been cremated after four days of Buddhist funeral rites. And the outpouring of public grief has prompted the widely unpopular Thai royal family to propose what they hope will be a promising new poodle policy. With the succession in question and several members of the inner circle banished in disgrace for corruption and racketeering, the royals have made a startling proposal. In exchange for legal amnesty, they will abdicate their thrones and palaces and install a poodle parliament in their place. Coincidentally, there is already a precedent for a wide role for poodles in the Thai state. Fufu, whose full title was Air Chief Marshal Fufu, was in fact a senior-ranking official in the Thai Air Force. That seems to have worked out fairly well, so hopes are high that poodles will prove to be potent and capable leaders in a new Thailand. Christy Kenny, former U.S. ambassador to the Asian nation, is in favor of the move. They're intelligent, she says, and they love water, which is already more positives than I can say about the royal family. And as Air Chief Marshal Fufu proved, they look great in uniform. There is, as of yet, no timetable for the changeover, but the country is already being scoured for the most promising poodle parliamentarians. Interested poodle parties are encouraged to apply. The only requirement? You must be housebroken and this seems to be a welcomed improvement over the habits of the royals, who, of course, refuse to go potty before taking a walk. Turning to Nebraskan news, when the Nebraska legislature approved an amendment to the state constitution, making it easier for military spouses to obtain gun permits, they made a shocking discovery. Their unanimous vote inadvertently upheld the U.S. government's policy, which granted the same rights to same-sex couples as well. Uh, I think we just said gay marriage is cool. State Senator John Morante mused just moments after the votes. It's a well-known fact that Nebraska currently has a constitutional ban on gay marriage, and the gaffe prompted Nebraska lawmakers to re-examine a wide swath of recent legislation. Scrambling to see what else they may have accidentally left the legal back door open to, they got quite a shock. Bill 204, which exempts veterans groups from paying taxes on food sold for fundraising, creates a loophole allowing you to legally bring your giraffe to public places. Additionally, Bill 145, which congratulates the Central Lutheran School Girls Volleyball Team on its 2014 state championship title, seems to make it lawful to establish a meth lab in the rotunda of the state capitol. Although there has been much finger-pointing and embarrassment in the state house, approval ratings have never been higher, and representatives have had to admit there's never been a bigger upside to completely not understanding how the law works. Several bills have now been fast-tracked for the 104th legislative session, including one to prohibit flying lanterns 
which, it is hoped, will give everyone in the state $1,000 and an enema. Ah, Gotham, fabled city of mutants and superheroes. But according to one scientist named Bill Williams, a real Mayor Cobblepot and Justice League might not be all that far-fetched if you consider the fact that at least some New Yorkers might be part cucumber. Citing a new study that examined the DNA found in New York City subways, the Manhattan Community College biologist said the most prevalent kind of genetic matter comes from the tubular green veggie, which can only mean one thing, human-cucumber hybrids. The scientist stated it's the most exciting thing since Bruce Wayne revealed his identity to Lois Lane. Not everyone in the scientific community agrees, however. Citing the large number of farmers' markets and grocery stores in Midtown alone has likely sources for all that DNA, but Williams disagrees. I mean, what else could explain it? It's not like people eat those things. He said this discovery also lends credibility to a string of reported sightings of a large, greenish, caped, and vaguely cylindrical form creeping through the shadows of the subway. If people are slowly turning into cucumbers, it makes sense that at least one of them might already be fully transformed. He pondered about what superpowers such an entity might have, such as shooting tossed salad out of its fingertips or instantly erasing dark under-eye circles. It would, of course, be intimidating and humiliating to all males within a 10-block radius. Williams is encouraging anyone in the city who has been feeling unusually cool lately or who has noticed a strange and sudden affinity for dill or yogurt to contact his office immediately. Individuals will then be placed in a study to determine if you might be a hybrid too. So far, the response has been low, but he says the human-veggie hybrids are the future of human evolution. He does, however, find it upsetting that people just don't seem to care at all. And that's been it for News in My Orbit. Buddha. Today's episode of the Buddhaverse is brought to you by Non-Dairy Creamer. Non-Dairy Creamer. Nothing is such a slap in the udder as Non-Dairy Creamer. It's now time for Judy Scheinbaum to answer all of your questions in a segment we like to call The Last Lung with Judy. Judy Scheinbaum, you're on the Booterverse. Oh, hello, Emery. It's so good to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. As always, I'm becoming a little bit of a regular after 28 episodes. This is 29. I can't believe it. Look at you, you little hunk of a man. I love it. So let's get started. We've got some great questions today. And by the way, have you gotten a new bow tie? You look very handsome. Thank you, Judy. I appreciate that. Why don't we get to our questions? Our first question is from Janice in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. Janice writes, I just met that groundhog, Punxsutawney Phil, and he said we're going to have more weeks of winter. What are you supposed to do? Well, sweetheart, do what I do. Get your mink, get your furs, and go out on the town. There's nothing like Judy, a limo, and a bottle of Chablis to make you feel like it's amazing outside. The snow is falling and Judy is fabulous. So, sweetheart, put on your furs and go for a sleigh ride. Ooh, our next question is from Jordan on the north side of Jersey. She says, Judy. I love you. I love listening to your show. You are amazing. Oh, thank you, sweetheart. You're so nice. She said, I have a problem. All those boys for the Jersey Shore are trying to date me, and I don't know what to do. Can you help me? Well, of course, sweetheart. I'll give you a hint as to how to keep Jersey boys off your boardwalk, if you know what I mean. First of all, you have to make sure that you are covered from head to toe. Sweetheart, wear a sheet, a blanket, it doesn't matter. For heaven's sakes, if you show any skin, those boys will be swarming like a flock of seagulls, and I think we all remember that band from the 80s. Where are they now? 
sweetheart, you've got to keep those boys at bay. Second of all, and this is a surefire way to keep them off of you, garlic. Those Jersey boys haven't met a garlic patch that they haven't hated. If you eat that thing, it's gonna be like keeping Dracula at bay. No vampire or Jersey Shore boy wants to come within 10 feet of it. So seriously, sweetheart, stock up on garlic, and for God's sake, make sure you cover up so you don't start repopulating the species. That's the only way you're gonna keep from being pregnant. Next. Ooh, it's already time for our last question. Our last question is from a man named Craig in Hollywood, California. Craig writes, Judy, I used to have my own talk show, but now I'm unemployed. Do you have any advice for me? Well, sweetheart, you can't do my show. I mean, what? Who? Uh, wait, is this Craig Kilborn? Craig, I hear a couple jobs are opening. Why don't you apply for one of those? And that's it for The Last Line with Judy. I love you all. Mwah. And we'll be right back, right after this. Today's episode of the Buddhaverse is brought to you by braces. Braces, it's like having a superpower, except caramel apples are your kryptonite. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Buddhaverse. I am sitting here with comedian and all-around wonderful guy, Greg Morton. Greg, it is great. Well, I don't know if I'm that wonderful. Greg, you're on the show, which means, de facto, you are wonderful. All right then. Plus, I'm in the Buddhaverse, so it is your verse. You are, so in the, to speak. It is indeed, and you are wearing an Ohio State T-shirt, sir. What made you wear that? Are you a fan? I um, I didn't even. Well, I did go to college. How's that? Does that ring? <laughs> Does that work for you, Greg? I love that. I I I'm, I'll tell you what. I am a big fan. I have a fan in uh, Cleveland, Ohio, and she gives me lots of uh, swag from uh, Ohio and Ohio State and everything, you know, everything, Cleveland, which is one of my favorite places to play. Now, Greg, I would never want you to eat a poisonous nut, but how do you feel about Buckeyes? About the Buckeyes? About that wonderful candy chocolate with that. Are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. I love that. Mm. Right? Mm. If I live there, oh, that'd mm. be my thing. It would be... It would be your thing. You would take them on the road with you. I would. To gigs. I would. I'd probably, you know, sneak them across the border. They are illegal in some states, so you do yeah. have to be careful. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of like a Glock or semi-automatic weaponry. But I, I would have to partake in such a ritual. Mm. Right. I, well, I'm sorry that I didn't know that. We would have had some, a, a veritable. Now that I would have eaten. Mm, a I cannot canopy. resist that. I can't resist the Buckeye. Oh, and I cannot resist you singing Obama Man. Talk to me about it. Okay, all right. Well, I guess I'll tell you about the origin of this song. Um, I was with a, a comedian friend of mine by the name of Glenn Jensen, and we've been working together, and uh, we were talking about Obama and how amazing he is. And he says, wow, this guy, he can do anything. He's like Sammy Davis Jr. I go, whoa, that's a song. So I started. we started writing the first verse. Well, we had it finished by the time we got to the hotel. I ran upstairs, wrote the rest of the verses. He went and looked for a, a you know, a, an instrumental bed for me to sing over top of, and boom, the rest is history. I'm practicing this song in the car in the parking lot, getting ready to sing it on the Bob and Tom show. You know, Greg, I often do things in parking lots, but it's never practicing a song. <laughs> well, I can't sing it in the in the hotel room. I'm going to wake up the rest of the guests. So I this... wish you would have. I wish you would have. <laughs> Well, that would make the story more interesting, that's for sure. Let's go ahead and tell it that way from now on. Okay. Well, well I started practicing the song, and then uh, 
there was a loud knock at the door, and it's, hey, what the heck's going on in there? Was it like an officer? You know, it's like, uh, excuse me, sir, uh, sir, uh, I'm going to need you to uh, turn down your radio. If you could turn that down, that would be great. Uh, I may have to use my mag light on you. I don't want to go all uh, Tanya Harding on you, but I'll do it. Uh, I'll do it, sir. So that was Sorry. basically that what it was. That's how it happened. That's exactly how it happened. Exactly. That same character came out. See, you know that he would. You know that every hotel security guard kind of talks like this. You know, they have a, a wisp of a mustache, just, you know, sort of. You're going to have to keep it down. That's right. Sort of from puberty. You know, it's like we've, we just kept it growing. They've got one hair coming out of their nose. You there know, are like, other guests here. That's, that's and right. It's, it's very difficult for them to sleep, though. So you really need to keep it down, okay? Greg, have you ever just been kicked down. out? Have you ever been kicked out of a hotel? I'm trying to think if I have been kicked out of a hotel before. In your wily youth? There are some hotels I wish I were kicked out of. (laughs) Because they are horrible. Some of them, like, there was one I was in. I'm trying to remember. Oh, this is my best uh, hotel story. Okay. I'm staying, this is in Western Canada. And it was called the Sioux Hotel. S-O-O, after the... Ooh. Yeah. Right, exactly. I would have so, just called it the So Hotel. Well, I would like to sue. That's what I. <laughs> <laughs> so we're. I'm in this. I'm doing this gig. It's a one nighter. It's in the middle of nowhere, and um, it, on the main floor is a strip club. Now you got to walk through the strip club in order to get to your room. As you do. If you can imagine, right? Uh, gotta go to, gotta go through here. You gotta uh, do what you gotta do. You gotta do. You check in over here. Part of the job. And you check out over there. <laughs> so um, I'm walking up the stairs, and because there's no elevator, of course. I think I'm on the fourth or fifth floor. But the third floor, there's a young woman ODing. Oh, my. Yeah. She's past it. Come on. Come on, Becky. You're okay. Come on, Becky. <laughs> stay with us. Yeah. I yeah. shouldn't be laughing. Really scary stuff. Right. So I get to my room. I'm thinking there I'm safe. And b- before me is the horror of the Sioux Hotel. These rooms were really bad. This old rickety bed, you know, with the saggy mattress. You know, the one that looks like Tennessee Turtle has been sleeping there. Absolutely. Like every single night. And bed sheets from like the 1960s. Exactly. Oh. This is the real horror, though. The, the, the towels... Or like towels brought from home. So they're all frayed on the sides. Oh, no. And they're different colors. They don't even match. Why would you? Why would you match (laughs) towels in a hotel? Why would you even think to do that? I don't know. As a viewer of HGTV, all the towels should match. I'm a little anal on that side. So, and then they had the the name of the hotel, Sioux Hotel, written in magic marker <laughs> on the towels so that people wouldn't steal them. I'll tell and you what. And they even had a note out that said, please do not take our towels and use them to change the oil on your truck. Isn't that somewhat like someone going into a woman's, you know, lavatory and going into the basket for the feminine napkins and being like, don't take these. They're not they're not for sale. You know, that's just why would you do that? I don't know. Mm. I'm still uh, mulling that over. But I tell you what, though, the magic marker is sort of like Southern embroidery. If you think about it, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'll tell you what, what we do is, does around here is what we do is we make it classy. 
So we make sure that nobody takes them, first of all, or else we'll get both seafoods over there get get that guy. And then second of all, we put our, na- our moniker, as that's what they call it, the moniker, uh, on there. And uh, I tell you what, nobody's stolen one of them since, gosh, the mid-'80s. Now, I have tried. Now, you got to get the right marker, because if you don't get the right marker, like some of them, well, they're washable. Like, I got some washable ones. That's right. You know, you got to get the permanent. That's right. Kind of like uh, some of my ex-wives and their annulment payments. They're permanent. <laughs> I didn't I didn't mean it for it to be permanent, but, you know, it was supposed to last for life, and that's what happened. <laughs> Just not what I thought was going to last it's for gotta life. It's got to be permanent, Mark. It has to it be. It has to be. It has to be. Wow, none of this Crayola, washable... <laughs> Water-based. Come on. Water-based markers are kind of the, the sort of the pussy markers of the art world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree with you. Are, do you do art at all or no? You know... I'm just out of curiosity. Greg, I am... I'm I, not looking for anything personal for my wall or anything, but... If I made you something, would you put it up on your wall? I'd put it on my fridge. I love that. Well, too. Greg, we're going to get... If you draw and that's... Oh, you know, we'll get you some uh, booter art and we'll we'll send it your way. Booter art. Booter art. <laughs> it's it's bootiful, Greg. Sounds like a dime store tattoo artist in Vegas. Better than a dime store hooker in Vegas. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I'll mean, give you that. Well, come on. Now, you do a lot of work in Vegas. Yes. Uh, did you work with the inimitable Celine Dion in Vegas, or was that in Canada? It was in Canada land. Mm. And yes, home of maple syrup and uh, trench coats. And we... Um, Wait, maple syrup we, and trench coats? I don't know. With the fur on the, around the oh, collar. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah the long, mm. you know, because you got to look badass Absolutely. The Are you a fan of fur? You look cool. Am I a fan of fur? Uh, yeah, sure. It depends on what it's attached to. Well, but I, I do... Uh, um, this concert was in Newfoundland. And do you know where that is? Yes, Newfoundland. There are. Um, now, now there see, are, you're saying it wrong. I, Already, you've mispronounced that's it. That's because and I all like the my consonants. Greg, I like my consonants, and I will say my consonants <laughs> whenever. Don't over enunciate the you, Newfoundland. I like the dogs, the Newfies. They're they're pretty. Does that count? Uh, yeah, I guess it'll it'll work. It'll work. Okay. So I'm at this uh, hockey rink, and uh, of I'm course opening... you are. For my opening for Celine Dion. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I just I have to pause you. Greg, did she... <laughs> did she come riding in on a Zamboni? <laughs> No, okay. no, 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 she didn't. But she's first class. And I got to say, that is one of my favorite celebrities that I've ever worked with. And I'm not just saying that. She was so kind and so nice to me. And she lent me her her uh, her limo. She says, you can ride back to the hotel in my limo. I never get that. Oh, yeah. Right. And there was some blow in the back. So that was kind of nice. Obviously for her and her a husband, Renee, at the time. You know. <laughs> you know, I'm joking. Obviously, she doesn't do any. Here on the Booterverse, we, we have proven that Celine Dion does blow. You fact. have? like what if, We just, fact. Ha- just happened. Fact. We, we know <laughs> it's it. It's a fact. Do not dispute that, ladies it, and gentlemen. It is a fact. It is a fact in the Booterverse. Now, how that translates into the real world, who's to say? <laughs> Greg, but here, Celine Dion likes her sniff, sniff, puff, puff, if you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, so I'm in there, and I'm in the... Uh, the 
the uh, the uh, what's it called the limo and I'm listening to Elvis eight tracks and it, it's an older limo and I go back <laughs> the to the uh, to the the hotel I, I felt like a star I really it, Greg you are a star I didn't realize that I don't really think of myself as a star but uh, being on the Booter universe I guess that kind of Kicks it up a notch, mm, right? We have elevated your celebrity, sir. <laughs> yes. You know, mm. Colbert had a bump, but he's gone now. You know, maybe you're going to get a booter bump out of this. You never know. As long as our female guests don't get a booter bump, I think I'm okay. <laughs> there have been a lot of openings in the... Uh, the uh, the late night the, world. Yes. What do, you, what do you think of that? Uh, I love it. I think it's... I, I, I have, I'm so appreciative of the people who have gone before um, from... Carson, Parr, uh, right. the litany goes on. Yep. And I, I think this group of guys, um, you know, Leno and Letterman had done a great job carrying yeah. that. Yeah. And, you know, Conan. But it's, it's time for them to go. You it, know, it, it is. The pasture's ready. It is. And, you know, I think Jon Stewart, it, I think it's a personal choice for him. Um, I think he was ready to move on artistically. He was handcuffed by the uh, shackles of that show. He needed to spread his wings and uh, get into the documentary world. Sure, he I got think a, this is a good thing. I think so too. He got a whiff of that rose water, and all of a sudden, you know, there right? he goes. Right. Yeah. But you know, I think that John is going to be—he'll be fine. It's the rest of us that are going to go to hell. Why? Why do you say that? I—that's I, where we get our real news—is John Stewart, <laughs> and I don't think a lot of people realize that. Uh, you know, because it's the only real commentary on the news. I mean, he does a lot of fact-checking. He has a BS meter, and he turns it on every time he turns on Fox News. So he knows, what the, you know, a lot of this is just crap. It's, they're all fear-mongers, these... Uh, that's what I call them. No, and it's true. I had a guest on a while back who has a, it's a real news website, one of the first. It's called FARC.com, and they just pull out funny headlines. Mm -hmm. But he wrote this book, and he sort of talks about how a lot of what is considered quote-unquote news mm -hmm. is really just this notion of FARC being, you know, filler, and it's really quite an interesting book. I'm not plugging his book right now, but it's worth a read. It was written in 2007, still relevant relevant today. And I think what people don't understand about comedians and people who do satire, is that satire is held to a tighter and higher scrutiny than mm -hmm. actual news outlets are. Agreed. And so if you're going to make fun of something, you better be darn well sure that what you're making fun of actually happened and you can prove it via all that fact checking. That's our, uh, our, our, our base, right? That's our uh, foundation. Absolutely. That we build that on, right? Absolutely. Now, uh, but, you know, things are going to get better because now that I have the Booterverse, mm. I can come here for my real news mm. and uh, things will be happy. It'll, it will be a better place. Mm. Things will be happy. Yeah. Are you optimistic about the future, Greg? <sighs> oh, God. Uh, today? Or is this a day, you know, a whatever you, question however of the you, moment? Or? However you want to answer that question. In general, I'm a very optimistic person. And, and, and unless I'm driving through certain states, <laughs> and then I get very depressed. Oh no! Yeah, I don't want to mention what those states are. No, I, I still work there. Right. But I, you know. Well, and the, I'm sure the people who come to see you are mm -hmm. give you hope for even those states. I would hope. No. No. They're not pretty really. depressing. No. Really, mm. they don't. Uh, wow. No. Mm. No. And I ask them if they're optimistic about the future, and they don't seem to be. Really? Yeah, I've been, I've been really surprised. Like every show before I do the Obama Man song, 
I go like, well, how, how do you feel? Do you feel like things are getting better with the economy? Do you think, oh, <laughs> which leads me to the conclusion that maybe just people like to bitch, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, I mean, they do do that for sure. Yeah. Now, but don't you think we've been through almost a decade now of really tough times and people are still kind of in that sort of, to that, use Jimmy Carter's malaise, that sort of funk that mm-hmm. they just can't, it's hard to get out of that. It is, it is. But that's a state of mind, isn't it? It's a bow tie state of mind, my friend. <laughs> because I tell you, I wear bow ties and I am a very optimistic person. If people spent more time wearing bow ties, we'd be a, a much happier place. And why is that? It is the artistry and the tying. It is the sort of je ne sais quoi, the sort of right. ambiance that follows a bow tie wherever it goes. It's so simple. A bow tie is like a bow on a present. It's true. And when you do that, you make a present of yourself Mm. to give to the world. Greg, you're not trying to unwrap me right now, are you? With my eyes only. Oh. Eyes only. Then by all means. Thank you. No, thank you. Do you find that you are an artist in any arena other than comedy? Uh, Before this, I used to draw. You were an illustrator for Hanna-Barbera. Yes, I did the... I was an animator for the Mm. Scooby and Scrappy-Doo show. And we hated (laughs) Scrappy-Doo. Hated that little freaking dog. I hated that thing. Talk we to me about to, Scrappy Doo. Okay. Da, 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 da. No, we uh, we would uh, draw Scooby, Scrappy, and Shaggy in various positions of the Karma Sutra. Like <laughs> Scooby would be behind Shaggy. No, I think it was Shaggy behind Scooby, and then Scooby behind you know Scrappy, and they would have like a, a chain going. You know, and uh, we uh, some of the drawings were quite explicit and had to be hidden during the day. But at night, when we were alone and we were working on our cartoons, we would just let creativity, you know, go to the, you know, fly with the wind. Greg, are you responsible for drawing penises in that uh, castle for the Little Mermaid? <laughs> this is the first time I've heard of this. I, I need really? to go back. And, oh my uh, gosh, it's all over the internet, my friend. Really? Yes, the the spires of the Disney. Uh, castle for the little mermaid apparently uh they tried to soften uh the sort of the spires a little bit too much um (laughs) well that would make one sing wouldn't it indeed (laughs) it would parents were parents were outraged adults had a chuckle (laughs) well you know you see what you want to see sometimes it can be a rorschach test ain't that the truth ain't that the truth But as an animator, it's interesting because obviously you probably would hide certain messages maybe sometimes. Uh, Some some people uh, would. I know the guys, the old uh, timers used to hide stuff all the time. You know, I'm talking about, you know, the the uh, Warner Brother days and that. And because we were real students of animation. We were now I can't stand animation. Isn't that the weirdest thing? It is. What's changed for me? Yeah. Uh working in it i i i uh i i haven't watched an animated feature film i think from start to finish since i graduated well i'm trying to think of one and this was like 3 years ago cuz you're you're no, a young no. pup you're <laughs> i think it's been about 10 or 20 years since i watched it wait 10 or 20 yeah, that's maybe. a big that's a big yeah like, I, I've seen, like, okay, I can tell you what the last Disney thing I saw. Um, the Lion King. I was going to guess the, I really was going to guess the Lion King in yeah. my head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Sorry, I mean because you know Mufasa. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> do you think that the craft has has sort of dwindled, or do you think that technology has poisoned the well? What's going on? Oh, that's a good point. It might be the technology. Because nobody does cell animation anymore, right? Right. Nobody does any drawing, well, except for, you know. Art students, probably, or. Yeah. Or animation students. Or anime. Yeah. You know, you'll see that style in that anime sort of thing, the cell animation. But uh, most of it is computer now. Well, even that's computer, for crying out loud. Right. And I remember when we were in, in, in college and we were talking about computers and animation, and we're, <laughs> somebody said, oh, when the computer, that'll never replace us. <laughs> it will Isn't replace that hysterical? us all. It's going to replace us all, right? Uh, hello and welcome to the Booterverse. <laughs> it is what you know. It, I will be replaced. I am your guest. Thank you for having me on your show, Booter. It is a pleasure to have you on the show. These are all pre-programmed notes, so let us begin. <laughs> is this thing on? Tap tap tap. Ha, ha. 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 Sorry, you go first. No. You... Okay, you go second. Then. Okay. All right, go ahead. Is Western Canada, do you think, like the West, you know, outlaws and, you know, they wear boots out there and, you know, but just with pine trees and maple syrup? <laughs> well, first of all, there's no uh, uh, maple trees out there. What? Yeah. Yeah, it's mostly on the east coast you know or the not think, the east coast but i mean the east uh, you know like quebec and ontario you know? i feel like that's bad advertising i mean on their flag there's a maple leaf mm, mm. there are countless teams called mm-hmm. the maple leaves mm-hmm. do you think we should have like other things on there to represent the rest of canada you think that uh, absolutely i i yeah. would like to see a bear on yeah. there um yeah. I, I would like to see a pine tree. I, mm-hmm. I think that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, we have a lot of those. I would like to see an Aunt Jemima bottle just as a representation of syrup, not right. as syrup itself. Right, right, right. So that everyone can relate. Absolutely. Right. Bring, bring it home to in all of America. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Now, in a, but a pine cone, I'm, I've got to say, or a pine needle, a, a little difficult to draw. I mean, it would be very time consuming. But they're already, you know, drawing a leaf, though. I mean, that takes some effort in and of itself. i got to agree with you. I'm not a very good leaf drawer. I mean, when I, I when uh... Betsy Ross made the American flag, she's like, right, right. we got some stars. Did she use the washable right. markers? or? <laughs> you know, back in that day, I think she used the ink, the permanent ink from, you know, Thomas Jefferson's quill. It had been used a bit, yes. but, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> Tommy mm-hmm. liked to dip his pen in. Lots of ink well, so <laughs> she she drew those stars and those those wonderful bars and it was just America. I love your history. My history is amazing. <laughs> People, I love America's history too though. I it, do. It is it is wonderful. It is, right? A lot of it is myth. <laughs> but you know Don't what? Don't tell me that. I grew up. Living with that across the border and watching your mm. mythology. And but, but Greg, it is a beautiful myth. Yes. Uh, yes. And we will cling to it till the day we die. It's like the Matrix. Yes. You know, you once you're in it, and don't you don't want to go down that road. No. You've been down that road before. Yeah. A lot of people just stay in your cubicles. Yep. You're going to be fine. Exactly. Greg, at the end of every episode, I give individuals the opportunity to say anything they want 
to the listening audience. If there's a, a message, a plug, anything that you would like to get out there, by all means, the, the mic is open to you. All right. Um, there's a uh, measles epidemic currently uh, you know, sweeping the country, and I just want to remind people to have their kids euthanized. Thank you. Greg, that is a wonderful message. Yeah, thank you. And we will be right back right after this. Today's episode of The Booterverse is brought to you by a hard-boiled egg. A hard-boiled egg. It's what happens to a soft-boiled egg when it gets all hot and bothered. And now for Booter Thoughts. It's come to my attention that the famed St. Augustine had a little bit of a quip about the devil. He said that the devil likes to use two doors, but I've always said the devil prefers the back. Now, I don't know about the Prince of Darkness, but if you ask me, it seems a little creepy that he would come through your front door. Now, I'm not sure about his proclivities, but for my case, if you want to make sure the former Angel of Light is not hanging around your corner, you might want to make sure that your hindquarters are amply protected. After all, the day may come when your very soul is on the line, and you're going to have to make a choice between the Prince of Darkness and an enema. And that's been it for Booter Thoughts. Here at the Booterverse, we want to send a special thanks to comedian Greg Morton for being on the show. We'd also like to thank you, the listeners, for tuning in. Of course, we'd like to thank Courtney and Sonny, who help on the production side, and to Quadrants, who composed our theme song. If you haven't had enough of me here, I'm also everywhere on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the handle The Booter. And of course, we're also on Pinterest, because, you know, men should be on Pinterest? I know interstellar travel is a bit difficult, but the Booterverse is only a click away.